This is BeautifulPeopleHorrorStoriesPodcast.com. Hello, you beautiful person. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you'll tell a friend. I'm Robert Crandall, and I'm grateful. Since this is a horror story a show, from time to time we feature a horror word of the day. And our horror word of the day for this episode is calamitous, spelled C-A-L-A-M-I-T-O-U-S. And its definition uh, is involving calamity, catastrophic, or disastrous. And it gives an example here, such calamitous events as fires, hurricanes and floods, also causing deep distress or misery. Yes, well, I can think of some events that might be calamitous. What if you witnessed a person getting hit by a car and being decapitated? Yeah, that might be calamitous. It might make, uh, it might make some misery or distress set in. Uh, and there are some other things, too, I suppose. What if you were driving down the road and uh, all of a sudden a police siren and the flashing lights in your rearview mirror and you're nervous of what now? And the policeman comes to the door and then suddenly three other squad cars and you're surrounded and they're pulling their guns on you. Oh my God, what have I done? You're ordered to get out of the car. They frisk you. And they order you to open the trunk. You open the trunk, and in the trunk is a dead body, mutilated and staring at you. Now, that could cause some deep distress and misery. So, again, our word of the day, calamitous, and causing deep distress and misery and and catastrophic, and and so forth. So every now and then we do a little word of the day review for you, and uh, I hope you enjoyed our word of the day for this episode. Now on our feature story for this episode, we have H.P. Lovecraft. Now we've done several stories by H.P. Lovecraft. And I, I said, you know, for those of you who may have Maybe this is your first episode. I refer to we because I'm also talking about the voices in my head that do make appearances from time to time. And if I don't say we from time to time, they feel left out and start bothering me, making me do things and say things that are strange. So that's why I refer to we. And uh, anyway, we do have some H.P. Lovecraft episodes. We've done about uh, a dozen of them, probably. And on our website, horrorstoriespodcast.com, you'll find a, a menu for H.P. Lovecraft. And at this time of this recording, there are 11 episodes on that page. So why not binge on H.P. Lovecraft episodes. We also have a page for Edgar Allan Poe, 
and the listener nightmare page, so you could do a lot of binging right there on the website. And this story is about a dream and an overdose of opium. And I just want to say now that I do not encourage the use of any drugs whatsoever. We want to discourage that completely. But you will find references to opium in some of the stories uh, in our back catalog and so forth. I don't know what it was. Maybe some of the authors back then, you know, most of our stories are 100 years old. Maybe they were experimenting or something. I don't know. But uh, at any rate, anytime you hear it, it is discouraged. We do not encourage the use of any kind of drugs whatsoever. So, uh, and remember, too, you can tell us about your dreams. This story is about a dream, as I mentioned, and we want to hear yours and put it on the show or in our listener nightmares feature. So just send them to my horrible dream at gmail.com. And now, I hope you enjoy Ex Oblivione by H.P. Lovecraft. When the last days were upon me, and the ugly trifles of existence began to drive me to madness, like the small drops of water that torturers let fall ceaselessly upon one spot of their victim's body. I love the irradiate refuge of sleep. In my dreams I found a little of the beauty I had vainly sought in life, and wandered through old gardens and enchanted woods. Once when the wind was soft and scented, I heard the south calling, and sailed endlessly and languorously under strange stars. Once when the gentle rain fell, I glided in a barge down a sunless stream under the earth till I reached another world of purple twilight, iridescent arbors, and undying roses. And once I walked through a golden valley that led to shadowy groves and ruins, and ended in a mighty wall green with antique vines and pierced with a little gate of bronze. Many times I walked through that valley, and longer and longer would I pause in the spectral half-light where the giant trees squirmed and twisted grotesquely, and the gray ground stretched damply from trunk to trunk, sometimes disclosing the mold-stained stones of buried temples. And always the goal of my fancies was the mighty vine-grown wall with the little gate of bronze therein. After a while, as the days of waking became less and less bearable from their grayness and sameness, I would often drift in opiate peace through the valley and the shadowy groves and wonder how I might seize them from my eternal dwelling place so that I need no more crawl back to a dull world stripped of interest and new colors. And as I looked upon the little gate and the mighty wall, I felt that beyond it lie a dream country from which, 
Once it was entered, there would be no return. So each night in sleep, I strove to find the hidden latch of the gate in the ivied antique wall, though it was exceedingly well hidden. I would tell myself that the realm beyond the wall was not more lasting merely, but more lovely and radiant as well. Then one night in the dream city of Sakarian, I found a yellowed papyrus filled with the thoughts of dream sages who dwelt of old in that city, and who were too wise ever to be born in the waking world. Therein were written many things concerning the world of dream, and among them was lore of a golden valley and sacred grove with temples, and a high wall pierced by a little bronze gate. When I saw this lore, I knew that it was touched on the scenes I had haunted, and I therefore read long in the yellowed papyrus. Some of the dream sages wrote gorgeously of the wonders beyond the irrepassable gate, but others told of horror and disappointment. I knew not which to believe, yet longed more and more to cross forever into the unknown land, for doubt and secrecy are the lure of lures, and no new horror can be more terrible than the daily torture of the commonplace. So when I learned of the drug which would unlock the gate and drive me through, I resolved to take it when next I awaked. Last night I swallowed the drug that floated dreamily into the golden valley and the shadowy groves, and when I came this time to the antique wall, I saw that the small gate of bronze was ajar. From beyond came a glow that weirdly lit the giant twisted trees and the tops of the buried temples. I drifted on songfully, expectant of the glories of the land from whence I should never return. But as the gate swung wider and the sorcery of the drug and the dream pushed me through, I knew that all sights and glories were at an end, for in that new realm was neither land nor sea, but only the white void of unpeopled and illimitable space. So, happier than I've ever dared hope to be, I dissolved again into the native infinity of crystal oblivion, from which the demon life had called me for one brief and desolate hour. You've been listening to Ex Oblivione by H.P. Lovecraft, who once said, from even the greatest of horrors, irony is seldom absent. It has been a great honor to be with you, but now I must go. I hope to be back soon. Please be well, and thank you for listening to me.